30 years in the future. We are fighting a war. Our enemy is not human, and we are losing. We need you to fight. I will be back. I love you, Chippy. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Our Slice on Film, a movie podcast talking about movies, new and old, industry news as it happens. And uh, as it as it happens, the conversation between which city has the better pizza, uh, repping New York City and currently recording in on Long Island in New York. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm one of your co-hosts and uh, joined, as always, by my best friend of all time and movie lover, me, Brian. <laughs> How's it going? It's you. Good, good, good. We are uh, just coming off the 4th of July holiday. So we, we're recording this on the 5th. And so you're listening to this hopefully on the 6th on premiere day. And you guys had a really good Independence Day weekend too. What, what were you up to, Brian? I was back home in Chicago. I uh, had the whole immediate family in town um, go back um, home. And so we were there, I guess, July 1st to today the fifth mm. so it was nice it was a good time um good to see everyone my nieces it's been a while since i've seen them and being we stayed a block away from my grandparents um in their neighborhood so it's nice to see them and then just did a whole bunch of stuff went to the beach exercised went to wrigleyville watched the cubs game at a bar um they were not at home unfortunately and then yeah had some oh saw some old friends so that was nice it was a good time how about you you're also not in memphis right now no, no, I'm home. Home for the holidays. It's been great. I uh, here chilling with my mom and my sister and and my family and everyone up here. It's been great. Caught up with you know a few friends from high school, which was awesome. Uh, my mom and I went to the Long Island Ducks game, which is our uh, I guess they're AAA. They're our minor league baseball team. Nice. So that was a lot of fun. They won. They came came back. It was a nice little underdog story, and there was a nice fireworks show afterwards for the Fourth of July too. So. That was a nice little highlight, you know, $15 tickets, you know, $15 hot dogs, but, but a really wow. cool, uh, cool environment. You know, everyone was just so happy to be there and, and celebrating and great weather. I'm glad to be home. Had my toes in the sand this morning. Do you know which team the flight, the, that minor league system floods into? Is it, is it for the Yankees or is it? I want to say it's the Yankees, but I'm real. I really you am have not no super idea. confident. You have no idea. No, but wow. I did do the Cotton Eye Joe with Quacker Jack, their mascot. That's all that matters. Quacker Jack. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay, Quacker cool. Jack. Oh, actually, you, listeners can't hear it, but this is this is him. I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at it. It's the Long Island Ducks. Yeah. I'm I showing mean, Brian. I ended up buying my dog, shout out to my dog, Athena, a little Quacker Jack stuffed animal for her to rip apart in five seconds when I get home. I'm looking up to see what they... Oh, they're an independent partner league of Major League Baseball. So they're not... Oh, so they're God, what kind of game did I go to? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. All right. So not technically even like single A, double A, triple okay, A. But that's but that's total. really interesting because like right near the concessions, they had a whiteboard that was like our alumni stats. And it showed okay. like a bunch of old players who were playing for like Phillies and stuff like that. Interesting. Maybe it's the pre-minor league. I don't and know. I don't know how that works. Regardless, sounds like a good time. Always yeah. fun to go see a baseball game, get some hot dogs and everything. So that's really cool. Yeah. I'm absolutely. glad to hear the weather's going well up there. And just let you know, back here in Memphis, it's scorching hot. So take advantage of the New York sun while you can. Yeah. I'm super excited. Actually, I think I land in a thunderstorm. I think oh, we cool. might get some Elsa residuals when I land. So that's just All how right. that goes. But uh, yeah. enough about geographic locations and holidays. Um, Brian and I picked a really, I don't want to say it's random because I've, I've, I've been prepped about this. This is a big Amazon release this week. We're talking The Tomorrow War, um, streaming on Amazon Prime right now, starring Chris Pratt um, in a leading role about exactly what the title says, a war that is fought in the future. Um, it was honestly a surprise that's that's my first reaction i was like all right this is i can vibe with this yeah i don't so a lot dropped this weekend and i brought this up to you chris pratt's been promoting it a lot on his social media and yeah it's amazon prime's latest release it was supposed to be released last year but obviously as many other movies the pandemic happened and then amazon studios i'd read this bought it for $200 million. Mm. Um, and so Paramount was like, yeah, say less. And so <laughs> gave it to Amazon and released this past weekend. And it's exactly what you said. It's a sci-fi war movie with 
with some star power led by, uh, by Chris Pratt. Um, it also supports a supporting cast of J.K. Simmons. I'm going to butcher her name, but Yvonne Strahovski. Um, right. um, she's from Handmaid's Tale, and I knew her originally from Chuck, if you all watched that comedy action series wow, a long throwback. time ago. Yeah, um, Sam Richardson from Veep fame. Um, so yeah, it was a it was a fun movie. I don't know how you felt about it, but like this movie runs in at two hours and twenty minutes. I uh, saw it yeah. here at home, and it kind of flew by for me. I'm not gonna lie. I usually drag on a movie runtime over two hours, but this one moved for me. I I, I enjoyed this one. I felt the same way. I saw that runtime first, and I was like, "Damn, another two and a half hour movie. I need to pay attention to." But I. I also I think it would have played through faster if I was in the theater. I really this is this is a big summer blockbuster that was knocked out of the running because it was it was taken up by Amazon. And especially I mean the first the cold open to the movie, right? Where it like immediately jumps into some action and then yeah. flashes back to the actual plot, you know, that trope where we catch up to the to the cold open and stuff, but imagine just sitting there and like the studio credits and, and logos shut down and then boom, right into the action. And it, it would have been so great on a big screen. That's, that's really, I think that's my biggest takeaway. And that's why I'm saying it first is I, I would have been, I enjoyed it a lot, but I, I would have enjoyed it more if it was big scale. I completely agree. I think, you know, no surprise, both of us are, are advocates for the movie theater experience. Mm-hmm. We want to see any and all movies in the theater, you know, big and small. And this is, huge with that being said i turned it on when i got home from today from chicago and i just put it on and it felt really flipping good michael to just sit on my couch grab a diet coke from the fridge and then just put on this fun movie i was able to take notes on my phone of all these questions that i have because Mm -hmm. there's a lot going on with this movie being this sci-fi time hop kind of thing and it was cool just being able to relax with my dogs, with Kimberly, and enjoy this kind of you know mindless movie. There's a lot going on, a lot to think about. But if you just let yourself enjoy the ride, it kind of is just you know that classic summer blockbuster. Don't worry about it too much and have some fun kind of movie. Yeah, and and there's more. There's heart to it too. I mean, I, yes. I, it's definitely not all all straight. And our um, our lead actress Ivana. I, you know, Ivana, all of the reviews you. that I've, or whatever, Yavana, however I've, you say you're probably, you said it. And I was like, that's exactly probably how you pronounce I took a it. Shot. I, I can't read. I can't <laughs> read. So go on. <laughs> but, uh, but all the reviews that I'm hearing is like, she, she kind of stole the show a lot. And, and, yeah. you know, you talk supporting cast, Sam Richardson has had an amazing week this weekend alone. He's also in a Sam Rudin IFC film that was in limited release werewolves within that Ooh, is getting okay. very, very high critical acclaim i I wish it had a um a larger release but that is streaming on demand as well um and that's based on a video game so and and sam richardson is the lead which was which was really really great to see because he's he's borderline character actor but each of his characters still bring a different a different vibe to the situation for me i always enjoy when i see him again i mentioned when i introduced uh the cast a little bit that I know him from Veep, and mm-hmm. whenever he's in Veep, he's hysterical. And I'm pretty sure he was so funny that they wrote for him more and more as the series progressed. If I'm not mistaken, I feel like he got more prominent in uh, yeah. later seasons. And he ends up as the president of the U.S. Yeah, the exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, I doubt that was their original intention. I yeah. think they were just like, damn, this guy's getting great reviews. Let's keep on giving him stuff. But um, I've seen, I, c- I couldn't tell you the things that he's been in, but he's one of those guys, Michael, like you said, like when you see him cop come up, like as a cameo cop in one movie or a random best friend in the other movie, you're just like, oh, sick, Sam Richardson. He's in this movie for like yeah. five minutes and he, he brings the heat always. And he was given a little bit more to do, not in it a terrible, terrible amount but again when he's in it he just puts a smile on your face and he was the comic relief and um for a movie that 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 needed it and he was really good in it yeah you know this this is chris pratt still is he's still got those asides where he's like uh you know the funny monkey on on set and in a plot and but sam richardson was straight comic relief almost in the beginning and then they they gave him a little for me underdeveloped kind of arc especially leading up to 
the finale, the climax yeah. at the end, which I have so many opinions about, um, <laughs> of course. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, he's he's top tier. I'd say I see his I see his career going up. Yeah, I hope so. And you you brought up his role in this. You know, it's kind of you you made me think of it. You know, like he kind of played that Parks and Rec, Chris Pratt. You know, the really obnoxiously funny guy, over the top funny guy. Not that he was over the top in this movie, but kind of leaned in that direction where Chris Pratt. He was definitely more mellowed that that action superstar where, like you said, he had those occasional quips or one liners mm-hmm. that were again, were not obnoxious. It was just like just a fun delivery yeah. to lighten the mood a little bit, which I enjoy that. I dig that kind of humor and some of the line deliveries that he had in this for some of the uh, for some of it. I really enjoyed and and we'll talk about that later when it comes to our favorite toppings, but there were some cheesy lines in here, as you expect for a movie like this, but some of the, but some many other things really worked for me. And especially like you said, it was more emotional than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It, it, it kind of got me in some moments. I mean, so, so a little, a little bit deeper into the, to the details of the movie. So not complete spoiler alert, I would say, cause this is in the, in the, you know, IMDB page and stuff, but this, you know, the story is that there's an alien, massacre an alien invasion in the future and we're running out of the population so we travel back in time to recruit and start a worldwide draft mm-hmm. and that's where when we talk about you know that the quips on the aside and just this conversational attitude and dialogue of like this is an insane kind of just experience that just one day we're all just drafted from people in the future like sam richens has got that one line where he's like that dude's in a chef's hat like this yeah. it's just kind of like really throws almost immediately with and i think it follows with the vibe of the cold open of of how we start the movie off of just throwing you right into this kind of chaotic atmosphere with you know little to no training yeah and exactly that's what happens in this movie they get all these people and for some reason they have to expedite things and these characters don't get any training and they go in wearing the clothes off their back essentially and like you said, it tosses the audience right into it and it tosses these characters right into it. Literally, they just need bodies mm-hmm. to do what they to fend off these these aliens for as long as humanly possible. And uh, which like would never, ever, ever happen in a real world situation. But like yeah. the suspension of disbelief, obviously, or this movie is immense. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and yeah, you can get caught up in the nooks and crannies and the plot holes, the plot or whatever all you want. But at the end of the day, if you're looking for a fun movie, I mean, like, I don't know what more you kind of want, honestly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. this. Was a pleasant surprise. I laughed. I had, I had a few jump scares. That's me. You know, yeah. I get scared a little bit, and and I, I, I got, I felt some tugs in the heartstrings too. Mm-hmm. So it's everything I kind of wanted. And, and especially, you know, we talk, you know, popcorn movie or a movie that we can watch while we're doing the dishes in the laundry. I mean, if you want to turn this on and only pay attention to the family themes and only the kind of like the downtime and just listen to the gunshots in the background, you can do that. <laughs> if you yeah. only want to tune in for those action sequences that I think are really entertaining, I think they're shot really well. Um, they're they're loud. They're they're yeah. well choreographed, I would say, and and that humor's in there. Sam Richardson's got a great bit in a stairwell, um, yeah. saying shit, 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 shit. And I had the <laughs> subtitles on because I, I watched it with my mom, and her TV's sound isn't that great. Just shout out, mom, get a new TV. And uh, <laughs> so I had the subtitles on, and it just said shit for literally like a minute and a half while he's running down the stairs. Was, That's all of us. That would be all of us. Hundred percent. Yes. Yes. I. Uh... Yeah, I, I kind of wish I had those subtitles on for moments like that. And there was some other dialogue, I think, that went on when the movie was really loud. But um, yeah. And also, like, if you're just looking for a movie with a ripped J.K. Simmons, I mean. What is that look, about, man? Look no further. He is absolutely swole in this movie. I can't believe it. And I've said it before, man, but God works hard. But J.K. Simmons works so much harder. I, you know, as as our listeners and, you know, Brian, I don't I don't really do that much research going into a movie. I I really almost didn't know JK Simmons was in this till, you know, credits yeah. rolled and and he had and really and I was interested because they brought him in for a 5-minute scene and I was waiting for them to bring him back into it. And this this movie kind of unravels in almost like there's two third acts. Yeah. There's two yes. climaxes to it because we're in two different times. Yes. 
Yeah, it's interesting. And I, I, I was like, I was waiting because I did do a little bit of research and I watched it. I watched like several different trailers for this movie. And I was like, there's a part of the trailer that hasn't happened yet. Like mm. I'm, there's another scene with JK Simmons and I'm just waiting for it. Um, so that kind of spoiled for a little bit for it for me. And I, I wish I went into it a little bit more blind for not only that reason, but there were several other things that would have been more of a surprise slash twist for me. I feel like with that being said, if we want to go into spoilers, we can go into it now because there are still some things that I did not anticipate coming at all, which led which eventually that leads to the aforementioned theme of family in this movie that i really really enjoyed yeah yeah so that is your last warning for spoiler alerts um to our slicers our listeners go and check out the tomorrow war streaming on amazon prime i'd you know quick summary i think it's worth your time no matter no matter what you're doing i'd say go ahead and check it out yeah i completely agree definitely worth your time it's rated as pg-13 i think it's a pretty it's a it's, hard, hard, it's a hard PG-13, PG-13 right? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's some violence and there's one F-bomb. So um, depending on mm-hmm. how you, how depending on how you see things, you know, this is definitely a hard PG-13. So, yeah. but it's entertaining. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, so let's go into it. The, we got, let's talk the twist first. Cause this is it. I, I don't, I don't want to be pretentious and say I saw it coming, but it, <laughs> you know, what's, what happened, Brian? What's the deal? So. Yvonne, that's what you said, right? Yvonne, is that her name? Yovana. Right? Let's say it different every time, so we'll get okay. Right those ones. <laughs> she first of all, again, I cannot, I mean, despite me not knowing how to pronounce her name, she was phenomenal in this Absolutely. movie. Absolutely, and she's heavily advertised in this movie as the female lead alongside Chris Pratt. And maybe I'm just traditional. Maybe I'm stupid. I did not see it coming. But basically, he goes into the future thirty years, comes across her character, and it's revealed that this is indeed his daughter. Um, who's leading the charge against this alien race. So he is able to fight alongside his, I guess, 39-year-old daughter. I think that's her age, mm, approximately, give or take. Give or take. Um, so, yeah, I did not see that coming. I watched the trailer several times. I just assumed it was just like some other woman or a potential weird love interest kind of thing. Yeah, I felt that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I was like, what's going on here? And then, but then when that happened, I was like, oh, damn, that's his daughter. But then Kimberly was like, you didn't see that coming? I watched the trailer one time. And I was like, ah, oh, no, I didn't see it coming. But you said you saw it coming a little bit. I, and I didn't, I didn't see the trailer, but I was just like, you know, they're not, she's introduced for a reason, right? She's going to be, there's something going on, I think for sure. And especially they lead up to it with saying, there, and I, just to preempt this by I'm not a fan of the two and a half hour time run time. I thought it was a great movie, but there was a lot that could be cut out Sure. as far as the conversation between Sam Richardson and Chris Pratt's character about, have you noticed there's young people training us and we're all old. And Chris is like, they said I was going to die. So like that was a little, uh, that was a little give that you had to the audience going in. And, and I think that kind of exposition, the, Oh, I guess they must be trying to avoid some kind of paradox. Like, Y'all, let's cut that two-minute sequence out. Just I, that I could have used without. Ooh, I disagree with you, man. I kind of enjoyed that. It's for someone like me who, I'm just like, again, this problem is like my mind's gone. I'm not thinking. All right, mm. oh, I was like, oh, that makes sense. They're only drafting people who die within the next thirty years. You know, like again, to avoid that, they want to keep people who are able to live and. I was like, oh, this is very interesting. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I, I was kind of, and yeah. then I wrote this down in my notes. The way they described the timeline when they were like, they were fielding, it was a class, like they were fielding <laughs> questions. Class, yeah. and he's like, why don't you build more of these time loop <laughs> things? And he's like, no, you can't. Or like he talked about like, the two boats in the river always mm-hmm. going upstream. And I was like, that checks out. Cool. I like that. I'm cool. I'm sold. I'm in. I was like, that works for me. You know, so I, I, I enjoyed that sequence. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess, you know, having that in there very early keeps the audience grounded. So while we're going through, we're not thinking, you know, wait, why aren't they just making more or why aren't they continuously going back to the day that they invaded? So that that raft kind of idea, and I'd probably have to go some deep, deep searching. Like, I don't know <laughs> if that's if that's a time travel, you know, topology that's been used before. I'm not sure, but I loved it. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned that like maybe they could have like uh uh scrapped away 2 minutes of that of that exposition or that uh or what have you during that moment. But it's kind of like they decided to keep that stuff in 
and then omitted the whole training sequence, like from the yeah. screenplay entirely. They're just like, yeah, we're just going to throw you in first thing. We're not going to, no more training. We're just, you got to go you now. In. Research exactly. facility has been compromised like now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which which I do yeah. like because, you know, again, when, when you think of time travel, it's, it should be an easy solution, right? All right. We messed up on June 4th. Let's go back to June 3rd as many times as we can to try to fix it. Yeah. But this is like, now nah, we're on a raft. We either go, it's exactly 30 years apart. Yeah. So whatever's happening there, it's we've got to run now. So I enjoy that because, you know, war isn't perfectly planned. Yes, I now, like that. Now, while we're on the subject of time travel. Oh, boy. We've done a lot of time travel movies. Recently. I know, we really have. And, and yeah. I guess before I get to my time travel gripe, just because I want it on record, um, this, this is almost the inverse of our conversation we had in Back to the Future on that podcast in which actually my mom and my aunt, we were talking to each other about it of going into the past and meeting your parents. This is the opposite. It's going into the future and meeting your kids. And there's like so yes. many different expectations. He's like, oh my God, you went to MIT. You were doing that. <laughs> yeah. You you want kids. You've expressed how bad you want kids on the podcast. You are dreamed to be a dad. I'm, yes. I'm, un, I'm undecided now. Who really knows? But like, sure. where do you take that? You said it tugged on your heartstrings, right? So imagine, you know, take away the story of, you know, you left us take away the tragedy, just moving in the future and be like, Hey, remember me? And you look the same as you did. And you're like almost the same age. Like what, how would you experience that? I don't know. It's gotta be surreal. I imagine, you know, I feel like a part of being a parent is being able to um, help develop your children, see them grow physically, emotionally, mentally. And for him to miss 30 years of his daughter's life and just see where she's at, and it's a huge jump. She is an accomplished colonel. She has a doctorate. She's incredibly intelligent, competent, capable. And he's like, where, how do we get from point A to point B? I missed like all these influential moments of her life. And then as the movie goes, and this happens really quickly, actually, I, I, um, it's revealed that there's some trauma behind her as well. And there's some daddy daughter issues going on, if you will. And he learns a little bit about himself and the dad that he became in in her reality. So yeah, it's interesting. It just leaves you wondering, like I missed out on so much and maybe it leaves you feeling a little bit with regret, um, incompetence, shame. I don't know, but I, I, I enjoyed that aspect. And mm -hmm. it's that kind of part. Cause you can see in Chris Pratt early on that all he wants to do is to be a present father, to be a good father, be a good partner, be the father that he didn't have with JK Simmons and then for him to meet his daughter and for her daughter to reveal what she did about the kind of father he was, you can see what kind of um, uh, heartbreak he experienced. So it's interesting. It's and there's yeah. and if they want to go back and to tackle that, you can see where like there can, there can be a prequel sequel kind of thing going on here. There's there's a spinoff somewhere with just her character that I would I would totally see. Yeah, yeah, and then I mean then add the fact that he's learning all of this while time is running out but also he doesn't know if he'll make it back to his time to make the proper changes or to see her go through this development because he could yeah. die any moment he's in a chaotic wartime situation so that's like man not only did i at the same time already miss you growing up but now i have the chance to miss it again this time yes. consciously like boom that that's the time travel shit i love right there that that's what makes that's that's where it's not just physics and it's not just sci-fi it's it's the heart of what time does to you know the emotions into a family yeah and you can kind of see that going on he has he's a high school science teacher um, and he has aspirations to work in a lab to do some pretty significant research to do something with his life. He's a veteran. And with his GI Bill, he was able to go to school and do all these things. Um, and he loses out on a job opportunity due to his lack of experience working in a private sector. And he feels like, and, and then it's leading up to him being drafted. He feels like he's not amounting to what his potential can be. And then jump 30 years in the future. He's in the, the, you know, the quote unquote tomorrow war, and she's like, yeah, you were just never really happy with yourself. You never really felt like you were able to live up to your own expectations and things got feisty. You left us. And, and it's interesting, you know, he made, it sounds like in her reality, he made a decision self over family, you know, professional over personal and it tore, and it tore them apart. 
And then, which then leads to the ending of the movie again, spoilers, you know, he becomes grateful for what he has, I, I guess. And I guess fighting in the war made him feel happy or fulfilled, but I guess he realizes that, you know, the, the line of the movie is like, my future is right now. Like, this is my future. This is my family and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah. And, and that's where it kind of gets blurred for me of like the, the, the goal of the man pre- taking care of the family, but also helping humankind survive. You see this all the time in apocalyptic movies that there's traditionally a man who not only has to split his roles beside between provider and caretaker of his family, but also domestic political savior right will smith had to do this in i am legend you know he Hmm. had to he like had to be the housewife in his his own place and he had to stock his fridge but he also had to be finding the cure on the other end so chris has this chris pratt what's his character's name i don't even know robert roger uh daniel (laughs) he goes by his middle name daniel dan yeah right 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 yeah so so that's that's a nice line that he straddles um but, but okay, so here's my gripe, and I know, Brian, you're going to roll your eyes, but I'm going to be nitpicky. Let's hear it. <sighs> Chris Pratt gets drafted to go into the future, and it results in yes. him helping his own daughter create the toxin that destroys the aliens. They take the toxin and go back in time, and he's able to ultimately destroy the aliens. Now, in that timeline, there's no reason for his daughter to grow up for the aliens to start the war for her to find the toxin to send it back in time to him. So this is one of those is this is him going back in time with the toxin rewriting it and technically the tomorrow war never happened. But then this is where it's like that cyclical thing is where did the toxin come from then? Where did he did he go into another linear reality or did he destroy that timeline? I think this he just des- he destroyed that timeline, right? Okay. Like I think that doesn't happen. But and then he goes back to his timeline, his presence. Yeah. I, yes. To, to answer your question. Yeah. Okay. So then just a little bit more complicated, right? At the point at which he kills the aliens, they've already sent the message to the soccer match. So those people had already gone back in time. If he erases the aliens and there's no reason for future people to go back in time to the soccer match then he wouldn't get drafted anyway no because that because like the river's floating that soccer match happened earlier right so those things have already happened and those people from the future who came to this presence are now stuck there or you know if you know they, they are stuck yeah, there in okay. this present because those time machines like whatever they called them one of them has been destroyed there aren't they're unable to do that loop they are stuck on that on that present Chris Pratt's boat, if you will, and there's no way to get back to the other boat. Um, but that's fine. Okay, but now paradoxes: if those people who are stuck in their past are the daughters and granddaughters of the people in that present, then when those people are born, that generation, then there's two of those people in existence. I have absolutely no idea. And I choose not to think that. And that's where we're going to end it because I'm already confusing myself. But this is, and and I just, I only do that to just show that it is so interesting how we consider time. And we both, we both had a rival on our top 2016 lists. And that is exactly another way is just a different idea of looking at time and make you think of actions in action, you know, the butterfly effect, all that kind of stuff that, and I think this movie really brings it together because in the end, right. Is this movie about climate change? A little bit. Okay. So like it turns out, here's the full spoiler for the whole movie. Um, The aliens never crash landed. They never attacked in 2030. They had crashed in, I don't know, 2300 AD or something like that. And were frozen in ice. And then that glacier melted and they escaped. So really like, that kind of comes into that conversation of, again, you know, our actions, because he went back into his own time with science and nobody believed his science. The government wasn't like, hey, I believe you. They took credit for it in the end, of course. Yeah. But it's like, and I think that's that's an interesting, I want to know where your mind is at after the pandemic of, you know, that the whole science is the one that is both the problem and the solution. I never really saw it as a problem in this movie. I thought I thought this was a pro science movie. Like, yo, climate change, global warming, 
that's a concern. It can lead to aliens. Who knows? This can be like a real thing in 30 years. Um, no, but uh, I definitely thought it was pro-science and I thought it was not necessarily against science, but like definitely like anti-establishment, anti-government, don't trust the man kind of thing and stick with science, like science over government essentially. Yeah. And like stick to the facts and the data and, and rely on that information, which was what they did. Right. Um, I think it definitely leaned more that route. Yeah. Which I, which I did enjoy seeing because, you know, I watched this movie right after the Gulf Mexico oil rig started Mm. going on fire and right before the Caspian sea oil rig exploded. So just kind of sandwiching this between those two world events is like, damn. Okay. Chris Pratt. All right. You picked the right project for the right time. Um, Something I wanted to touch back on with the whole time situation before, I guess, maybe we get into some pizza-related questions, perhaps. Did you understand the significance of um, his daughter, the colonel, dying and why that was such a big deal if he was able to go back? I I guess I'm confused why he was so distraught about that if he had the ability to change it, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I guess I was kind of confused about that. I mean, let's, let's look at, I let's say, let's look at that from a military perspective, right? He has, he's a veteran. So he has the training. They end up relying on him hardcore very early on before even, because his daughter's got that line. Like I didn't bring you here to spend time with you. There's a reason. Yeah. Yeah. There was a reason I brought you here. Although like, it had to be him. I think it was more. She's self- the only, he's the only person that she trusted but, to do it. I guess. I, okay, which is interesting after how he the, died. The right? aforementioned issues. Yeah. So, yeah. so that that's a little like those motives. I think are a little ulterior. But like he's on the battlefield, right? Logically, to get to the jump or to the to the aircraft, right? It was the helicopter. If he knew he could save the world and he would still be able to go back in time to his daughter, she should have stayed behind and protected him right she should have been given cover fire and even if she died logically right in a mission oriented way he should have just continued to go yeah but you know our military is not like that they have emotions they have families they have you know they're they're trained you know shoot first ask questions later on the combat field but that doesn't actually work out that way Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know but but, i guess yeah, yeah I guess, I guess in the, yes, in the moment it's traumatizing. You see your daughter die, but you also know you're not a part of that timeline. You have the antidote or the solution. Get out of there. Get, like, yeah, go out of there and prevent it all from happening. You still get to go back to your nine-year-old daughter, and you could you you can still see her. Obviously, she has she'll have the brains. You'll still groom her to go to MIT, what have you, and don't like you have the the information. Like, don't leave like focus on what you got going in front of you you know yeah so so yeah i guess i was just maybe it just took him a while to like grasp that but that's where i might that's but that was my main question leaving the movie yeah i mean just a lot of bad not bad decisions just i don't know well it was even kind of like when he first realized that's his daughter and he's like, oh, my God, you went to MIT. I'm, I must have been so proud of you. I must have been Ooh. so proud. But then but then it was like, wait, you die seven years in the future. So seven years from when she was nine, it means she would have been 16. You would have never seen her going to MIT or going to the Army, get her PhD. So, like, where's your – you mm-hmm. know you die. Like, where's your mind at in different mo- points of this dialogue? So maybe it's, like, kind of indicating he's not really that quick on his feet, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I think that's that's probably where we could say the script needed to be cleaned up a little bit. I, I like the overall themes. And I'm not even talking about runtime. I'm talking just like maybe we need to, you know, what do you call them? Sand those edges around that that relationship dynamic a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I'm being I, I'm being really nitpicky. No, I, I mean that's yeah. let's let's do it. Uh, <laughs> um, but I think it's time for some pizza questions. It's so good. Which that sounds absolutely wonderful. I did you have pizza in Chicago this weekend? I did have pizza in Chicago this weekend. It oh, was yes. glorious. I Lou, didn't have Lou Magnino's. What's his name? 
Lou Malnati's did not have it, but dude, no, we went to a place. I went with my buddy, uh, Matt Shapin and it went to a place called Renali's. Okay. And it was really, really good. It was thin crust pizza and it was great. We got, it was, it was me, Kimberly, he and his girlfriend, they just bought a condo not too far from this place in South Lincoln park. But this pizza place had a great outdoor patio, great indoor vibe, lots of TVs. This place was catered for everybody. It was everything from like, Hey, bring your family of four. You can sit in this corner to like, we were there on a Thursday night. So we saw people get, get off with their, with their rec league softball game. Mm. They're coming in with their softball and they're like literally ripping shots in the other corner <laughs> of the bar. So it was everything. It was for, something for everybody. And I saw one group, he showed me another area of the bar. If you come in with a group of eight or 10 or what have you, there's a table that has a kegerator already built into the table. Whoa. So they're like, oh yeah, we'll have a half, we'll have a, a half keg of Bud Light. And they just, you see them, you know, dolly up a half keg, attach it right there. And then your party of eight or 10 or whatever, can just have a on your own little half keg for your, for your party. And it, it was pretty cool. Yo, Chai Town doing it right up there, huh? I know. I was like, this is really cool. So yeah, got some cheese curds and some cheese and some, and some pizza. It was a good time. Did you have some pizza or, or have you have you had pizza yet? Or are you going to get some pizza? I haven't. I've got one day, one full day left here. And actually my mom, my sister and I are going to Manhattan tomorrow. So I could probably get a dollar slice. But what I did have tonight before recording was very, very fresh, delicious seafood that I have been longing for, <laughs> you know, Memphis catfish, nah. catfish. Oh, I, yeah, I, yeah, I enjoy yeah. it. I enjoy fresh catfish. I love that kind of stuff. But man, oysters mussels fried calamari i had a fish po' boy it was on the beach it was called pops seafood shack or something like that okay. definitely go check it out if you're ever um there it was it was a cool vibe felt a little like um uh, a seafood rail garden or laughlin yard it was like oh, a nice cool. little backyard for people to kind of hang out nice yeah. nice it's it always nice. good going back and just like you know new york chicago just like two of like the biggest cultural hubs yeah. in the country, you know? So like being able to get these different pockets of food that we don't typically are able to get here in Memphis. It's just, it's a treat. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. So, so our first pizza question enough, cause I'm getting hungry again. I just listed everything that I ate and now I'm hungry again, thinking about all the great food. <laughs> um, so, so here on our slice on film, we've got three pizza questions. The first one up is the uh, let's do favorite topping first. What is your favorite line of the movie, Brian? Wow. So you're changing it up. Always. We'll it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So favorite topping. Okay. So there's a number of things that stood out, but like, um, <laughs> I guess if I'm sick and more serious, we already talked about, I like the rafts on the river and that analogy that just mm -hmm. like visually that worked for me. Um, so I enjoyed that sequence. Um, uh, I really, I also enjoy, we talked about this, the theme of science it's like, that's one thing the world needs right now. It's scientists. It needs innovating. Science is important. That felt incredibly timely, obviously, considering what we have been going through and continue to go through. Um, Michael, there was a lot of stuff that made me laugh, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I don't You're nervous know. right now. You don't know. Well, I don't want to say all these things. So those are two off the top of my head. I like the scientist bit. And then I also enjoyed the raft bit. I have a couple more that I want to say, but I'm going to toss it back over to you so you can say some just in case. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to step on your toes or anything. Right, right. Okay. I appreciate that. So, so it's, it's two days out from watching this. And of course, I didn't take as well notes as I needed, but um, JK Simmons, Stevie Nicks line, which I, I had to look <laughs> it up, but he says, uh, I wish, I wish Stevie Nicks would show up here in her birthday suit with a jar of pickles and a bottle of baby oil. It was between Chris Pratt and JK Simmons, something about talking about like, I mean, Oh, I wish, I wish you would have helped me or something like that. Yes, or I wish yeah. I had this. And, and it's so nice. And then there's a callback later where it's literally like something crazy happens. He goes, Oh, call Stevie Nicks. Just like yeah. a nice throwaway line. I love that. Yep. I like Chris Pratt's reaction. He was like, what? <laughs> yeah. he was just he really just turned the conversation that way <laughs> he was like what um i i agree that was a good one i like um that when they were escaping the research lab with with some of the uh chemicals or whatever mm -hmm. and then they're like she was like go left go left and then they take they look left and they can't go left because all those aliens are there so they say can't go left we're going right Okay, but you need to stay away from the red smoke. And then it cuts to them literally <laughs> yeah. running through the red smoke. That made me laugh. Visually, that was, that was pretty funny. I enjoyed that was a nice that. little cut. Yeah. Man, good catch on that. Good catch. Um, I enjoyed um oh, this is something this is JK Simmons. This is a JK Simmons line. 
my dad has literally said this to me. So I thought of my dad instantly, but it's when they JK Simmons and Chris Pratt meet for the first time in this movie. And he something says something along the lines of um, him looking like metrosexual. And he's like, either grow a beard or don't. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad has literally said that about my facial hair, not the metrosexual part, but like, he's like, just grow a beard, either just grow it out or be clean shaven. Like just do one or the other. I don't know what you're doing right now. And so, don't be in the middle. Don't be in the middle. Yeah. That kind of, that made me laugh purely because I thought of my own dad. Oh, that's great. What's up, Doug? Hey dad. I got one more that I was on the top of my head and it's also a shout out to another supporting character we didn't mention who I did think brought a lot of really interesting dynamics and ideas about being drafted into war. Um, It's the character's Dorian played by Edwin Hodge. Mm -hmm. And this is a guy who's already done three tours in the tomorrow war. Mm. And he carries around one of the, white white spikes claws on his neck and yeah. chris pratt and sam richardson go back and forth like oh souvenir it's this and that and he goes this isn't a souvenir it's a reminder because they drafted me because i'm gonna die from cancer anyway yeah. so it's i'm gonna go out the way that i want to and then True. he ends up uh chris pratt ends up using that reminder to stab the white claw no the oh, <laughs> white spike in the white face spike, yeah <laughs> which Great creature effects. I think the aliens look great, but better name. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I agree. We're calling it the Tomorrow War against white spikes because they shoot spikes out of their tentacles. Come on. Come on. I don't know. Keep don't it know. simple, stupid, right? <laughs> exactly. I don't want to think too much about it. Um, cool. All right. Some good, some good lines in there. And then Sam Richardson had several in there. Like I like the ending. I could probably pick out another one if yeah. I watch it again for sure. It was it was it was, it was a tight script. Did you know that they that they referenced two different kinds of Santas in the dialogue in this movie? Um, explain exactly what you mean. Like in the lines and different conversation points, two there were two types of Santas in this movie. Do you remember anyone mentioning Santa even once? I someone someone called J.K. Simmons drunk Santa conspiracy santa conspiracy santa that's <laughs> so that's one and the other was the, other the beginning of the movie when they were having that christmas party and uh chris pratt's wife she had a plate of tuna and crackers that looked like santa <laughs> and she's like no one's having my tuna out my, my tuna santa and then chris pratt's like i'm gonna get you i'm gonna change i'll be right back and I'll, i will have this tuna santa that's so, so two cute. different references to Santa's in this movie. That's interesting, man. In the middle of July, the more you know, the more you know. All right, so All right, that our, was our, our favorite our, topping. Yeah, favorite topping. Favorite topping. Our next is our best slice. Correct. So we get one of our favorite scenes from the movie, the one that stands out the most. Mm-hmm. Yep, with, mm-hmm. with some honorable mentions. Go ahead, Brian. Yes, um, I really, honestly think. It was so there's a lot going a lot of different action sequences to me they kind of all blend together i enjoyed the first one in the research lab Mm. i was really on pins and needles the whole entire time yeah already talked about the stairwell i was just waiting for something bad to happen the whole entire time and finally it did Mm -hmm. and those aliens just picking everyone off one by one and and i talked about the smoke scene already and I enjoyed that. It kind of establishes a different kind of characters and their arcs and their experiences. And you see some heroic moments with some and some quick demises for others. And, and I think I enjoyed that sequence the most because I think I was the most scared because I, right. I was just ready. You know what's going to happen, but you're not really sure when. So I, I enjoyed that. And when it finally revealed if like up top, Mm. all of them and you're thinking it's just one and they're hideous looking they're hideous they looking. Are, yeah and then it ends up being like 10 <laughs> i was like mm-hmm. oh my god they're in trouble so i enjoyed that yeah they they and that's something that i respect and my uh my favorite scene that i'll get to in a second that's a nice little kind of call to alien ridley scott's alien mm. where you know there's an alien there, but you're not showing the audience really what it is until you absolutely have to. And that exactly what you're talking about, that suspense, I think is so key to the believability of the CGI aliens is how long can we keep us on our, on our, on our chairs. And especially 
I was a little concerned because they preempted any visual of the monster with the the military saying we decided not to release any pictures because we were afraid <laughs> if anyone saw exactly what we were up against they would you know dodge the draft which they were doing anyway yeah. so they already had the bar pretty high of these yeah terribly looking and they i think they nailed it and it and you're right these alien these aliens are brutal i think the hard pg-13 that we talked about before is mostly from the aliens i wouldn't even say from like gunshots like all the vi- the gun violence no for sure it's purely from the aliens using their spikes to 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 kill people yeah that, that's yeah. pretty much that's pretty much it every it, every death is pretty quick i think it was just just from those things yeah so 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 then my favorite my top best scene is honestly the second third act <laughs> because yeah. after he comes back in time and then they have to go into the ice this is the second old school sci-fi callback that i have john carpenter's the thing mm. um, based on the thing from another planet it's a spaceship hidden in the ice basically that people uncover and that whole really the that quick little cinematic scene of the snowmobiles going through the storm and then blowing up the snow and then creeping in through this that whole kind of reveal of exactly what went down plus the just the little added care to showing that the aliens were actually cargo. They weren't invaded. They had been stranded here and they were cattle and they were just mm-hmm. like, so was it a weapon? Were we the target? It leaves all these questions open that don't matter because we have one goal. And then in this, and this, I, I'm going to put the whole end scene where they blow up the, the ship together because then they turn the corner and it's like over the radio in another shot, you hear there's a whole fucking colony down here. Yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. like, I'm freaking out now because I'm like, man, this is it. They actually didn't stop the Tomorrow War. They started it 30 years early. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Freaking out at this point. It's insane. Yep. And then that that female one gets out. I'm assuming it's the same. I, I, I'm making the assumption. It probably maybe well may not be, but maybe it's the same female one from mm-hmm. 30 years in the future. They get out, and then it leads J.K. Simmons and Chris Pratt to go chase her down and everything. And I really enjoyed that sequence of them two fighting alongside one another, father and son. And then that whole, the whole bait sequence that JK yeah. Simmons has in it. And then he just goes, surprise, dumbass. And then just starts sniping it from like, I don't even know how mm-hmm. far away. Somewhere I, in I there, Sam that. Richardson gets a chainsaw and then oh, disappears yeah. for 15 minutes and then comes back. And then comes back and lies down. Um, so, so now, and I, I do like that fight, seeing Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons fight together as father and son against this alien is great. However, they qualified the female alien as be, of being, you know, larger, but more vicious. Mm-hmm. His daughter had said that. Yeah. So why is it that he's fighting him, her hand to hand at the end and not dying? I because, really want to know. Well, at that how point, how is she so weak at that point? Because oh, because she was taking bullet after bullet. I mean, she was getting sniped from I don't even know how far away. Um, already lost one limb from that toxin, and she chewed off her own arm, which so was ob- so badass. So it's all, and that was insane. I was Go like, women. oh my god! So it, it's displaying intelligence and some grit. You know, like it's 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 already it's already bleeding a lot, and then yeah, and then. So it's already like struggling. Yeah. And then at that point, Chris Pratt's like, I need to save my dad. And then uses its own fang against it and slices slices its throat and injects the toxin in it. But you're right. There was some legit boxing. I mean, like yes. you see his, his hands are up and he's doing a left jab, right jab, duck. <laughs> oh my God. Shoulder, like some shoulder, shoulder bullshit. Yeah, shoulder <laughs> lean, right hook. I mean, I was like, and the way the camera was like circling the ball, I'm like, I'm watching a legit a Floyd Mayweather Manny Pacquiao <laughs> fight right now. And so that was kind of weird. It was yeah. the only fist to fit action in the whole entire movie. Everything else was legit war guns. So mm-hmm. that felt a little bit unearned, but I was yeah. like, all right, let's just, we're going with it. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I, I respect that showing her, showing her week. One more honorable mention before we get to our last one, because we're running out of time on this episode. The when the jump fails, because they immediately say you will be um, you'll be inserted 10, 10 to 15 feet across above the ground. I know, and they're all exactly just like, oh, wow, that saying. sounds great. And then they're yeah. actually. What is that? Probably three, four hundred feet up, at least 27 stories Insane. out of the sky, which is the opening scene. And then you get a little bit more context, but literally i don't i think 
I'm wondering why there's only 500,000 people in the future. Is it because they just dropped them all? I know. And the, 77 land- stories. And they're landing on like bashing their heads against the buildings, falling into a pit of flames. I mean, like breaking their legs on impact. <laughs> it's just insane. And, and insane. I'm someone who, when I watch Titanic and the guy falls off the Oof, back and hits, yes, the, hits yes. the rudder, Hate that's it. like the most graphic, I, I would say, in that movie. And I wince yeah. every time. Yep. And there was like, dunk, dunk. Dunk, 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 dunk. like everyone and some of them ended up in the pool yep it was that was just chaos right in the beginning i just had yes. to acknowledge that it was so nice very unfortunate for a and again i would have loved to see that on a big screen that would have had such a good impact <laughs> i think yeah impact. get it Ooh, but I'm, I'm happy we're on the same page as far as like I remember that Titanic moment where that guy falls out. I I, mm. I, I, I have the exact same reaction. So that's, that's, a, that's funny that you mentioned that because that's exactly what I thought of too. Okay. Um, all right. So that's our best slice. Okay. Cool. What's, oh, what's question that? I have about a scene. When they come from the future and they announce the presence of the war, why the soccer game? Are the there world's s- watching. Okay. Okay. And that's my, that was my answer to myself. I wanted to make sure I'm, I, I'm assuming they were able to identify as that being the most televised moment in history at that given time. Right. Like that's why yeah. they, okay. Okay. That cool, was cool, 20, cool. I guess 2023. Is that next year? Two 2022, December, 2022. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which, and it, uh, I like that. It's just, yeah. Know, I was nice just wondering strategy. like, it must yeah yeah i was just i was just curious is all but yeah, i really I was expecting answer. and again I, I didn't know much about the movie but i wasn't expecting a warning from people i thought the aliens were coming through that wormhole to begin with that would have been gnarly and like almost like a, a play on the dark night scene where it's just hmm. this whole world cup just gets yeah obliterated right. but anyway all right so on that note um speaking of obl- obliteration who are you having a slice of pizza with if the world's coming? If, if tomorrow war, if the, end, the world's ending, you have a moment for a quick moment of relaxation. Who are you having a slice of pizza with? I'm having a, <laughs> I'm having a slice of pizza with the Queen White Walker, oh, uh, White Claw. Wait, White Spike. Because White Claw, I'm gonna be on their side. I'm gonna feed them pizza, become their pet, and survive the tomorrow war. So it's a strategic move to have with the Queen Bee. She's the HBIC and she's calling the shots. Okay, fair. Done. Fair. Wrap it up. Doesn't end too well for her. The um, but more I pizza for me. Decision. More pizza for you. I'm gonna do mine. I feel like a part of me wants to do J.K. Simmons, James Forrester, and just figure out what its workout routine is. You know, oh, like man, uh, J.K. Simmons. How old are you in this movie? You were born in 1955, so you're going on 66 years old. Good for you. Um, but it has to be, I guess, technically his granddaughter, Colonel Murray Forrester. Nice. There's so much going on. Like you, you basically, you know, you're in a divorce household. You go to MIT, you get your doctorate, you become a colonel. You're an absolute badass. You would be able to tell story after story after story about your life, how you got here. Basically, literally the catch-all. Like she's just everything you want. And I just feel like she'd be able to tell me so much over a slice of pizza. I mean, she saved the world. That's that's yeah. some hardcore action right there. Exactly. Exactly. I think she'd be a fascinating time to eat pizza with. Nice. Now, wait. So when she's like established or when she, before she gets all of that? Established. No, I don't okay, want to do it with nine-year-old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, nine-year-olds um, are messy. Yeah, and it's it's and then you border like is it even legal? Should I be doing that? Oh my you god. Know? All um, right. Kidnapping. <laughs> um okay, so let's go into uh slicing this movie out. Michael, what are you slicing this movie out as? Man, I, I'm so torn. Of course, I'm always known for cutting these slices on the fly for this. Yes. And I think for the tomorrow war, I'm gonna have to settle on a, a I'm gonna say five and a half. Yep, half a slice, Brian. Five and a half on this one. It was a great watch. It kept my interest. It needs to be shaved down. I I I watched the full two twenty on the first watch. I will not. Good for you. Able, yeah, I will not be able to do that again. This is a yeah. You know, watch the first half and then forget it's on, and then have to go back and watch it again, which I don't mind. We need movies like that, and I think I would have given it a whole another two slices if it was in the movies. I really do. Okay. 
Wow. That's high praise. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I was thinking a six the entire time. I'm really happy nice. with it. That's a fun, that's a fun eat, fun watch. I recommend it. You know, you know, there were some st- typical stupid things throughout, but like, so do a lot of movies nowadays. You know, I gave F9 a five last week and I definitely, mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed this more than that. So I'm giving it a six and I, I recommend it for sure. And I think maybe if I saw it in a theater with some popcorn, maybe it's a seven, but it's, it's this time of year, this is the kind of movie that I want. And I'm Absolutely. happy about it. I'm happy about it. Yeah. It was, and it was a good holiday weekend movie for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Alien, sure. Aliens are always good at bringing us together. It's an independence day vibe, man. You know, this is technically came out, you know, this movie's filmed around that Christmas time, but you're yeah. right. Aliens saving the world feels reminiscence of independence day. Yeah. Thank you, Will Smith for your service and your inspiration to, to, I guess, Chris Pratt and a lot of alien fighting movies since then. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. All right. So that's, uh, that's the tomorrow war. We got a five and a half and a six, um, here on our slice on film. That's real great. Go check it out. Video on demand, uh, Amazon prime. We got some last slices, Brian, you look excited to give me a last slice. What's your news? Dude, all moved in, kind of moving into. Well, first of all, Chicago, always great to go home. Phenomenal that, yeah. time. See family, my nieces, um, my grandparents. Uh, just a good time. Good time. I'm going to go back up in a month to see a Cubs game. So I'm looking forward to that. But um, even more personal is that I moved into the house. We're slowly unpacking. It's been fun. Already love the place. And uh, just looking forward to, you know, like the line in the movie. Um, my future is now, you know, I can see, I can see a little bit of the future, you know, and that's always exciting. I'm not mad about that. So it's cool. It's fun already doing some little planning out some projects to do with it. So we're, we're, we're excited for this uh, next phase in our life. Nice. Congrats again. Real proud of you guys for doing it. Looking forward for you to see it. Yeah. I got to pick up a present. What do you guys need? No, okay. We'll we'll grab a drink on Wednesday, like you said, and uh, you know maybe before, afterwards, what have you. You check it out then. All right, sweet, sweet. All right, Brian's all moved in for his last slice. Mine to end the show. I'm gonna give an update on the summer of horror 2021. Hmm. This past weekend, over the Fourth of July, we had Fear Street, Volume One, set in 1994, released on Netflix. This is a three-part trilogy based oh. on R.L. Stein's Fear Street books, which are his Goosebumps for Teens, a little bit. All three films are a hard R rating. The first one, set in 1994, serial killers, there's this witch in the town. It's setting up a lot of great stuff for the next two weeks. And it has some great callbacks to some some really great slashers, you know, tonally. And the opening scene is a direct callback to Scream. The music is composed by the same folks. So it's it's a really, really good kind of thing going on. And I had tweeted, you know, it's it's a strange as someone who's been so critical of the streaming services. This is a, like a what six hour miniseries almost that's been mm. marketed as a three part trilogy, which back to back to the future. They were doing that's five, six years apart from each yeah. other almost and, you yeah. know, from beginning to end. Um, so this is it's an interesting take and I'm really hoping they, they do well. So that's that's the summer of horror update. Go check that out. That one's on Netflix. Cool. I probably won't. Not you. Not you, Brian. It's gory gory as all get out. So not for you. Well, cool. I'm glad that you're able to get your horror fixings this summer. Oh, you know, I always got a place to do that. For sure. Speaking, not speaking of horror movies, Black Widow comes out next weekend. Is that what we're doing next? Or we need to talk about on the side what we're going to do next. Do you have any interest in Black Widow? Dude, I've been waiting. I, we have been waiting so long. I Scarlett Johansson deserves my attention. That's just where it's at. All right. Say less. Say less. Cool. We'll do it. Movie theater experience. Cool. Rock All on. right. Let's do it. Well, sweet. Michael, you, you, you introduced us to, to the tomorrow where go ahead and give us the outro. Hey, this is the outro. Go check out the tomorrow war one more time. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, our slice on film, uh, give us your, your own review about the tomorrow war. Let us know what you got going on. Share this episode, all that kind of, marketing bullshit that we have to apparently do (laughs) i don't know um but thanks for listening it's been so much fun that was our slice on film within the next few weeks the human species will disappear from the face of the earth nothing we do here matters 
That's where you're wrong. I don't believe that one bit. Together, we can stop this war from ever happening. This is my opportunity to give this world a second chance. Second chances are really hard to come by. Light him up! I'm not gonna hide. I'm gonna fight. It's not even loaded. Yeah, well, yeah, it's not loaded. It's a pressurized cabin. Why would I load it in the cabin? A bullet goes in thing and everybody's sucked out.